Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, everyone. So happy to have you here for our third episode of the podcast and third in our series, Get Inspired for the New Year. This week, we are providing practical and inspirational messages to help you get your 2015 off to a great start. Today's episode is a fun one. I had a fabulous time recording with my good friend, Misty Winkler, and was so inspired by the practical tips and information she shared with me. We talk about second-generation homeschooling, how organizing is like laundry, and the one thing you can do to make the biggest impact on your organizing life this year. And we had a lot of fun. I hope you enjoy it, too. Misty Winkler is a mom of five whom she homeschools classically in Washington State. She and her husband, Matt, are second-generation homeschoolers, providing them a unique perspective on the homeschooling movement and homeschooling practice. Misty is the author of three ebooks, including Paperless Home Organization, and she's the mastermind behind the Simplified Organization eCourse, where she helps homemakers grow in the arts and skills of organization and keeping house as intentional pursuits. Hi, Misty, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Pam. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? Good. Awesome. Well, could you start by telling me a little bit about your family? Yeah. My husband, Matt, and I have been married for 13 years. We got married when we were 19, Mm. and we have five kids now. Our oldest is 11, a boy. So we have a boy age 11, a boy age 9, then a girl who's almost 7. Oh, wow a boy who's almost five, and then a girl who just turned two. They're getting so big. I know. (laughs) Well, how did you get started homeschooling? Well, both my husband and I were homeschooled from the beginning. So it was just kind of normal life for us. We planned on homeschooling before we were married and when we were talking about that sort of thing. So So it was a pretty easy decision for you guys. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Tell me something. I have a multiple choice question for you for the first question. Your homeschool days are most like which literary classic? (laughs) Is it A, The Odyssey, B, Little Women, C, Swiss Family Robinson, or D, Lord of the Flies? (laughs) Let's see. The Odyssey. Wow. I'm trying to think of even what that would look like. Peril and adventure. and Yeah. That's what it looks like in my head. And then, you know, and then when it's happening, it feels like Lord of the Flies, but it's probably a mix of all of those. I think for most of us, it depends on the day that you wake up. Yeah, the moment. (laughs) Exactly. Well, yeah, homeschooling is kind of tough. So if it's 2 a.m. and you are lying in bed awake, what is it that's keeping you up? Probably I had too much coffee that day. (laughs) (laughs) And then once I do, you know, if I do wake up in the middle of the night, then it's, you know, something like analyzing all these, the things that I am so sure are the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. What if they aren't? What if the thing that I am convinced is the right thing is actually what's going to, you know, ruin my children? (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine that would be it. Well, you know, it's 2 a.m. It's not a reasonable time of day. (laughs) Well, if um, 
you were going to get somebody to help you out with these problems and you could have one homeschool guru over for dinner at your house, who would you invite? I think I would invite Christopher Perrin. Oh, that's a good one. I really enjoy his um, webinars that he has like on YouTube. And I haven't ever been to a homeschool conference, but I would like to hear his conference talks. Yes, I have actually had the pleasure of sitting in on a few of Dr. Perrin's talks, and they're all very good. I've enjoyed every single one of them. So he's a great choice. Yeah. I like Andrew Kern also, but if I had to talk to someone, I think Perrin's a little more practical. (laughs) Right. Right. I would agree. Well, if you were walking down the aisle of a homeschool convention vendor hall, which you've said you've never been, so let's get you there. All right. (laughs) And you turn the corner and you run into the younger version of yourself. What would you tell her? I would say that the time spent reading and researching everything is worth it. I did a lot of reading and, you know, just looking at all the things that are out there, which is totally overwhelming. But I think that looking at all of that before I could do anything about it, because, you know, my youngest or my oldest at that point was four or five or whatever. I think that was actually a good time to look at all of that because I couldn't actually do anything about it. Looking at all of that stuff right now, there's the pressure of like, maybe I should change right now. Like maybe I should totally, you know, switch gears or maybe that is, maybe I should switch. Looking at it early was a less pressured way of just seeing what's out there and thinking about, there was time to think about it. I wasn't doing as much as I am now. So there just was more time. So, well, let me ask you this. So once you did all of your research before your children started school, And you decided on your path then and you haven't strayed from it because I did a lot of research and then decided on a path, went in 50 other directions and then finally came back to where I started. So did you have the constitution to stick with your guns (laughs) on what you decided? (laughs) Well, no, it's definitely, I wouldn't say totally changed or, you know, switched course, but it's just been tweaks along the way and you more experience changes your perspective and what your actual children actually need is right. different than what you research. And when it's all in the abstract, it's all beautiful. It really is. Um, <laughs> it works so much just, better in the abstract. <laughs> yes, it does. The plans, they work out every day, but just knowing what, the options were and having spent some time thinking about it made it easier to make those decisions to shift or change gears or to know where to look mm-hmm. when I said, I need something different for this. I knew where to go. You know, I know what catalogs appeal and I know which ones don't. Right. That sort of thing. I kind of, I learned what's out there. And so I know where to go when I know I'm looking for something. Right. Being able to make an informed choice. Yeah. Well, you and your husband are second generation homeschoolers. So how has this made your own homeschooling easier and how has it made it more difficult? One of the biggest ways I think it's made it easier from what I see when I talk to, you know, my peers who are first generation homeschoolers is actually just that I'm not as worried about it because for what we've seen the whole thing through on the other end, we know what it's like to be a homeschooled kid. (laughs) And that means that we know it worked out. (laughs) So Right. You do grow up and get a job and make a living if you're a homeschooler. Yeah. And we have siblings that have, you know, we both have siblings and they've all done fine. And we all have 
friends who are homeschooled and they're doing fine. <laughs> so we don't have the same. And plus, actually, both then our parents are supportive of homeschooling. Right. And I think that having that support is actually huge too. Oh, yeah. Um, so that helps a lot. And also just knowing that what a homeschool day feels like and looks like, it's different than a school day. And so we never really did that school at home detour because that's not the way I grew. I've actually, I never was in a classroom until college. Right. So I don't, you know, the whole like a pledge of allegiance or what, like, I don't even know what they do in an elementary school class. It's not ingrained in you and you're not having to fight against. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So when I grew up, you got dressed, had breakfast, got dressed, did your chores, started your math. And that is what we do. That's what my kids do, because that's just the way life goes. So I can imagine that if you had a different, you know, you grew up getting up and going to school and doing things a certain way, that that's how you would try to make your life look. And so, yeah, it's only human nature. Mm -hmm. Well, how has it made it more difficult or has it? I think there's a little bit more pressure than on the other end to say, now it's my job to make this better. Like I'm the second generation. I got to take it to the next level. I've got to do it better. So yeah, or that's just me. But <laughs> now I'm going to assume that you do not do things exactly like your mom did. No, I don't. So my mom was a mix of textbook and unschooling. And part of that was simply life's necessity. She had seven kids. I'm the oldest and she had twins in there when I was about 12. Mm. So the unschooling was Partly philosophical and partly survival. (laughs) And you know what? It turned out fine. So there's that relaxed bit of me that knows that being relaxed is not the end of the world. Right. But then I'm classical. And so that's a completely different ballgame than, you know, we did Bob Jones textbooks all the way through. So still what I'm doing is different. But the main thing growing up was that if you wanted to know something, you got a book. And I think that was the biggest impact. And that's still something I want to carry on. It's beyond what style you are. It's just a way of living. (laughs) Right. I want to know something. I'm going to go to the library. Right. Exactly. Well, now you said your parents were supportive, but being second generation homeschoolers, I could see this being an issue. Is your mother ever, does she ever look at the way you're doing things and get defensive because you're doing them differently than what she did? Does she ever take it? personally that you've strayed from how she schooled you? No, she hasn't. Or if she has, then she's kept it to herself. (laughs) That's nice. Smart mom. (laughs) No, actually, I remember one day I was probably 12 or 13 or somewhere in that honorary age. And I probably said something about how I would do things better or different when I was the mom. (laughs) I... (laughs) And I remember her telling me that, you know, she and dad were doing the best they could with what they had. And that when I was a mom, I was going to do the best with what I had. And that was going to be more than what they had. So I was supposed to, you know, do it a little bit better, you know, a little bit better each time, each generation. So. So she is a wise mom. Yeah. 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 What a great lesson. Fill in the blank for me. If my grown child blank. I will have succeeded as a homeschooling mom. Hmm. That's really the root of everything. You know, what, whenever we're trying to make a decision, that's really what we need to know is what we want 
in the end Mm -hmm. what success looks like in a way. And my first response is, you know, if my grown child is a believer, that that's, you know, that's what matters. But that's not up to me. And it's not up to my schooling decisions. (laughs) So as far as my education goals, like what effect I want my, the education that I'm giving them to have, then I think it would, then success would look like they read books. They want to know something. So they read books and they're an active part of their church. Okay. Do you regularly homeschool in your pajamas? I do not. I'm not a pajama person. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow I knew that was going to be your answer. I brought, you know, the whole fly lady, get dressed to your shoes thing. I know a lot of people hate that, but that's just the way I've always been. (laughs) I get dressed in my shoes, but I cannot do the tie shoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mine are slip-ons. Yeah. 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 The Birkenstocks are just so much more comfortable than tennis shoes. So. Yeah. And and that's another thing. That's the way I grew up, too. My mom didn't let us do school in our pajamas. Right. And I think at that point in time, it was, you know, the 80s and homeschooling was really weird. And people didn't take you seriously. Like we weren't allowed to go ride our bikes during school hours because, you know, people would stop us and, or she said the, actually one time the police did stop us. I went out, I was riding bikes at lunchtime and a police officer did pull over and ask why I wasn't in school. (laughs) Which, you know, it was fine, but yeah. But it was kind of scary at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So getting dressed was a way of taking ourselves seriously. Right. Well, you know, I will let my kids ride bikes in the front yard during school time, but I do draw the line at letting them ride bikes in their pajamas. (laughs) Well, there you go. You have to draw a line somewhere. And you would be amazed at how many times I have to say to them. Now, we don't typically school in our pajamas, but if we're taking the day off or something like that, and they'll try to go out and ride bikes in the front yard in their pajamas. And yes, yeah, (laughs) I don't get it. But now they do jump on the trampoline in the backyard all the time in their pajamas. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I guess we all have our places where we draw that line. (laughs) Fill in the blank for me. As a homeschooler, I really rock what? I really rock making a plan. (laughs) Does that count? Even if it never really works the way (laughs) that I want it to? (laughs) You know, I'm a fan of planning myself. So, yes, we can count that. (laughs) I make a great plan. (laughs) Well, I think there are people out there who, you know, struggle a little bit with that. So it's yeah. a, yeah, it's a laudable skill to be able to make a good plan. <laughs> when I've been, you know, getting ready for school or whatever, I think, you know what, what I really should be is a school administrator. Yes. Like I should line out the curriculum and make the plan and then hand it over to someone else to do it. <laughs> you know, I do that with my co-op. Huh. I only teach one class at co-op and the moms, oh, we have the best group of moms in our co-op. Shout out to my co-op. But that's my role as administrator. And I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So I I totally get where you're coming from. I would never be an elementary school teacher. Mm -mm. That would not be good. Well, tell me your favorite family read aloud ever. Our favorite is The Hobbit. We are Tolkien people all the way. So we've read The Hobbit twice now. And liked it both times. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've read it aloud twice. And my husband, I don't even know how many times he reads it several times a year. Yeah, my husband has read it multiple times as well. So, yep, exactly. Well, you teach a number of different organizing techniques in your course at Simplified Organization. You teach the brain dump and daily review and weekly review. 
Homeschool moms, they're busy juggling so many balls at one time, school, home, family activities. Which one of these practices could they implement that would have the biggest immediate impact on their day? Oh my goodness, one. Hmm. I would say it would be the morning review. And you could do that in the morning or the evening before. Mm -hmm. But taking, you know, 10, 15 minutes to look at the calendar, look at the school list, you know, figure out what's for dinner, just seeing those pieces of the day, you know, what pieces are in this day. And just so you have seen them, you recognize them, you can go into the day knowing what's on your plate today is a big one. You know, if I don't look at the, I can look at my to-do list and it's always huge. And without looking at the calendar or thinking about dinner or looking at, you know, the kids checklist for school, I can get all kinds of ideas about what I'm going to do today. That's totally unrealistic. So taking that time to look at the calendar, I had this big mental shift a couple of months ago when I realized that actually homeschooling is like my job. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. It just kind of struck me. I like to read business productivity type books and blogs or that stuff. And uh-huh. I was doing, I make a daily index card and I have a video explaining that. Maybe that can go in the show notes. Yes, definitely. I put what I'm going to do that day on an index card and that's great because it's small. Right. So when I'm doing, so it can't fit a lot. Right. It limits you. <laughs> it's a limitation. So when I'm doing that morning review, I write out my index card. And where I got the index card idea, he said, you know, he puts the date at the top and then one column, it's split into three sections. And one section is for home stuff. And then another section is for personal stuff. And then a third section is for work stuff. And I said, well, I have home and I have personal, but so what should my other column be? And I realized actually homeschooling is kind of my day job. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what goes in that section. Most definitely. Well, you know, and there's I, only so much that can happen in a day. So and even yeah. that needs to be limited. Well, I find morning review. If I don't do that, it's not so much that I fill my time with too many things, but I forget what I'm supposed yeah. to be doing. Like I'm notorious yeah. for putting things on a calendar or putting things on a to-do list and then totally forgetting that they're on there because I never look at the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It turns out that lists don't do you any good unless you look at them. (laughs) And look at them regularly. Yeah. So that morning review is a time to look at those lists you've written out as a reminder. And so you can do those things that are important and not just what happens to be in front of you when you're looking around thinking, oh, I should do something. Here's something. You know, you could have an idea of what you really want to be using your time doing. Right. Well, and so you said, so how would this look? You said you could do it at night or you could do it in the morning. So tell me, how does Misty Winkler's morning review look? Kind of walk us through it step by step. I usually do do it in the morning and I've just kind of started trying to do it in the evening, but I'm not good at it. I don't have a normal spot that that fits in in the evening. So I've tried shifting to evening, but it's not working for me yet. So then I have to remember in the morning. No, you still have to do that. So right now I'm a little bit in flux, but If I do it in the morning, then I have my computer, which has my calendar and my lists on it and a cup of coffee. That's essential. Mm -hmm. And my index card and my pens. 
I have nice pens that I like. So the Sharpie stylo. So they're, so I use color pens. Yes, because that makes it so much more fun. Yes. <laughs> and so I look at the calendar and what's going on today. And I'm good at looking at the day. And what I need to be better at is looking also at the entire week. Uh-huh. So I can see, you know, yeah, today is Wednesday, but there's something happening on Saturday that I need to be getting ready for. That right. sort of thing. So it really should be the day, you know, each thing in the day and the rest of the week and maybe even the next week, just so you have see can see what's coming. Right. It's just a glance. You just need to take yeah. a glance at it. Right. Yeah. And that includes then seeing what's for dinner because my menu plan is on my calendar. Mm-hmm. So then I see what's for dinner. And so I'll try to then put down on my list. Do I need to pull meat out of the freezer? You know, is there something I need to do ahead of time to be ready to cook dinner? Right. And then, you know, what kind of school day is it? So you know, we have a day where we do kind of a co-op thing two days a week. And I also have a writing class on Friday. And so then, you know, the other days you kind of do different things depending on what day of the week it is. So I think what's the emphasis today and put that on my index card, you know, so today I need to really make sure we hit Latin or we've been bad about missing, you know, phonics with my six-year-old. So I'll decide, you know, what's the thing that I really need to make sure it happens today in school. And usually I want to write five things. And I'm not allowed to write more than three things. And really, I need to focus on which is the one most important thing. <laughs> right. But, you know, it's good you do that ahead of time, because if you wait to do that in the heat of the moment when you have five kids swirling around you, then it, it only makes you grumpy and short with the children. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you, mm-hmm. if you have the plan and you know the most important things before you start, then it's easy to just move from one to the next easier. I mean, you know, it's never easy, but yeah. Well, and I also find that that whatever is that one thing that really should be happening is probably because it hasn't been happening. And it's probably because I'm avoiding it for one reason or another. So if I put it on there as the most important thing, sometimes I realize there's something like, I don't actually want to do that. That's why it's, that's why it hasn't been happening. So why is that? And is it, you know, I probably do it. And it's not actually as bad as I've been thinking about, or, you know, I was avoiding it for some reason and either figure out what that reason is, or just jump in and get it done so that you can stop avoiding it and feeling bad about it. Yeah. A lot of times, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The anticipation of something is 50 times worse than the actual reality of it. Yes. You know, for starting example, is the hardest part. Yeah, cleaning out a closet or something. I'll sit and procrastinate something like that for three or four days thinking it's going to take me forever. I finally get around to doing it and it really only took me 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, in the Simplified Organization course, I have the quote, I can't remember now who it is, but a thing begun is half done. So that oh. if just getting started is like half of the task. <laughs> Right. Once you're starting, you're going, you know, you've got the momentum and you keep going, but it's the starting, overcoming the inertia and right. starting that's, that requires the most effort. So right. because an object in motion stays in motion mm-hmm. unless you stop it, which, you know, then that's science and <laughs> that's outside of my realm. <laughs> well, on your blog, Simplified Organization, you talk about organization being more like laundry and dishes instead of a craft project. Mm-hmm. And I love that. <laughs> tell me what you, let's tell everybody what you mean by that. 
Okay, well, uh, partly it's that it's not like a craft project in that it's not actually about making everything matchy, matchy and pretty. You know, having a perfectly lined up shelf with the chalkboard labels that you saw on Pinterest. Right. It's more like laundry or dishes in that it's something that helps life happen more smoothly. But then the biggest way it's like laundry and dishes and not the craft project is that the craft project has a stop point. It's complete. It's done. And I think especially as homeschool moms, we really crave that having something completed and finished to show off. Right. Because laundry and dishes just keep coming. But organization is actually like laundry and dishes. It just keeps needing to be done. It's never going to be checked off the list. It's It's a process. It's a process. There's always entropy and things just devolve. (laughs) Things get put in the wrong place. The house gets messy again. There isn't a way you can get the house clean where it's going to stay clean. Oh, for the rest of your life. If we I could keep, invent that, we would I be keep rich. trying. <laughs> and I finally had to realize that what I was trying to get to was this state where I would never have to do it again. And that was never going to happen. Right. So it's just something to keep doing it a little bit, a little bit. And that is success. Is I the think process we, of continuing. It's the process. Yeah. Right. We feel like a failure at organization because we keep having to do it. But that's because we've defined it in this way is something that we can finish and cross off and be done with, but that's not the sort of thing it is. So when we have to keep doing it, it's not a sign that we're failing at it. We just need to redefine what success is in organization. I love that. It means that we're doing it, you know, then that's a good thing. So we need to pat ourselves on the back. Just keep going. You can do it. You're doing a good job. That is awesome. Okay, Misty. So now I've got a pop quiz for you. Are you ready? All right. All right. We'll just say the first word that comes to your mind. Coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. A little bit country or a little bit rock and roll? Rock and roll. Well-trained mind or Unschoolers Anonymous? Oh, my goodness. Halfway between? (laughs) (laughs) Really? Oh, Unschooler, if I had to pick. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Getting back to my roots. (laughs) Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Craft or read aloud? Read aloud. Lap book or workbook? Neither. Oh, you can't do that. I don't do either. (laughs) Which would you, we're holding you over the fire. You have to pick. I would have them notebook or journal and call that a lap book. (laughs) But it has to, no scissors and no glue. (laughs) Even under torture, she refuses to choose. (laughs) Co-op or stay home? Stay home. Bed made or unmade? Ooh, I am a reformed bed maker. I re- stubbornly refuse to make my bed. And just last year, I finally have started making my bed every day. So Which, I'm reformed. I make my bed every day now. And yeah. do you like it better? I do. But it took a long time to learn to like it better. Tell it you th- is better. And yeah, that was one of the, I mean, Misty and I have known each other for a little over a year now. And that was the biggest surprise to me that you were not a bed maker. So It's so inefficient. It seems like such a waste of my time. But. Well, but you know, okay, but without getting us too far off on a tangent. <laughs> I have several posts about this you could link to. I have waxed philosophical about bed making before. <laughs> we will. But as a visual person, oh, and I, I think we've decided that I'm visual and you're not. I'm not. Yeah. 
Yep. So it, that's, that's the difference right there. <laughs> Bookmark or dog ear? Bookmark keeps my place and a dog ear means I need to come back and copy a quote. It's a spot. Well, because my husband really doesn't like it when I write in books. I would underline it, but I can't underline it if it's a book he might read. So if it's one of, so I still do underline if it's a book I know he won't read. So I dog ear the page to come and get that quote that I want to copy, but I would underline. So underlining is a big no-no, but a dog ear is okay with him. No, he doesn't like that either, but it's better (laughs) compromise (laughs) i'm still defacing the book (laughs) sonnet or haiku sonnet i knew you were a sonnet person (laughs) where can people find you online write about homeschooling and homemaking at simplyconvivial.com and then about organizational pep talks and tasks at simplifiedorganization.com and every once in a while i talk about menus and getting dinner on the table at simplifiedpantry.com. Right. And Simplified Pantry is where everybody can find your great Simplified Pantry book. Yes. Simplified Dinners. Okay. So dinners a little easier on, a little less mentally taxing. (laughs) Yes. Which is where I go when I have forgotten to pull out the food from the freezer. Yes. Yes. If I'm staring at frozen chicken in the morning, the frozen chicken page in your book is fabulous. So... Yeah, it's kind of an enabler type of ebook. It lets you get away with actually not menu planning, even though you should. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Pam. It was fun. It was. I hope you had as much fun listening as Misty and I did chatting. For links to Misty's index card video, her favorite pins, and everything else we talked about in the show, head to homeschoolsnapshotspodcast.com forward slash three, where you can find everything you need. And you can also leave either of us a comment or a question. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would love for you to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It only takes a minute and it encourages iTunes to share the podcast with more people. If you head on over to the website, there's a place where I walk you through how to do this. And I thank you so much for helping me spread the word. Thank you, too, for listening today. Don't forget, you can come by homeschoolsnapshotspodcast.com to catch up on any old episodes and to find out how to subscribe via email or in iTunes so you don't miss a single one. Until then, keep on homeschooling. <laughs>